Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. All right, everybody, welcome back. It is hour number two, and last time I checked, it is the early line here on what you can do is see who we drafted by these teams and that's what we're doing here today one through 32 and then we'll also give you a little bit of nuggets on how you can make a little bit of extra cash on, on you know uh, Kevin you mentioned the Carolina Panthers going defense you got that earlier and now the line has moved I did a similar thing Kevin with the team that we just covered the New York football Jets those that's my team I saw them at minus 300 to go offense I knew it was either O lineman or wide receiver I hammered that and now it is at minus 600 so I feel good oh, that I got when I did you know I mean hey I don't care how much juice it is if I'm a winner. You know what I'm saying? If I oh, yeah, for sure. On the other side. So onward we go. We're at lucky pick number 13. This pick is now the San Francisco 49ers. Remember, they got this pick, Kevin, from the Indianapolis Colts in the, in the Buckner trade. And, and one of the things you mentioned in our number one is the concept of the wide receiver run, where it happens, when it happens, and if, like, en masse, this position can fall down a little bit because of the supply and demand uh, concept that we have been talking about all so long. I think here is where the first wide receiver off the board, Kevin. You talked about Jerry Judy as not only the top of this class, but how he can hold his own against any of the wide receiver prospects over the last few years. I think San Francisco is a perfect spot for him. And I acknowledge that the Kyle Shanahan system and scheme is kind of more like greater than the sum of its parts, right? And you could mm. not necessarily need that true stud, but Shanahan had it in Atlanta with Julio Jones, ironically from Alabama. I think he gets his Julio Jones light in another wide receiver from Alabama. I've got Jerry Judy being the top wide receiver on the class and being a good fit for the Niners at number me, Judy's the top wide receiver. I think this team adding that type of talent is it's it's a luxury, but it is also a bit of a need. Like they could use some more premier wide receiver talent. I think the biggest question, because you know the certainty that exists between who's gonna be the top wide receiver. CeeDee Lamb and Judy, there's a consistent back and forth. And then there's a couple of these teams, the Jets, the Broncos. Um, that are really locked into rugs reportedly if they wanted to opt for a wide receiver. Right. And that's really been a fascinating thing to see with this kind of wide receiver group is that this top three has really it's, – again, it's super comparable to the top four with the tackle class yeah. where a lot of people can feel like it's interchangeable between uh, different big boards. But, yeah, for me, I think Jerry Judy, if he ends up uh, a 49er, you know, you tie it back into fantasy football. I'm looking to draft right. him on, on as many teams as possible. Interesting. You know, I think he'll still have Kittle uh, to kind of share targets with. And they do bring in, you know, Debo Samuel. Sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Options. But, yes, this could be a member of the fantasy bird out there in San Francisco. Up next is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Kevin. And here's the thing. I'm going to tell you right now. I acknowledge that where I go on this pick is different than what I've seen a lot of other people go, okay? Where I've seen, for the most part, in my an offensive lineman. You got to protect yeah. the 42, 43 year olds. And I acknowledge that. But in my mock right now, the top four are gone. Okay. Mm -hmm. And here's my thing also with Tampa. And not many people want to admit this. They had the number three offense in the NFL last year. Okay. They scored like 27 points a game. They were running up yards left and right. And this is with Jameis Winston. You talked about <laughs> another team recently, the Chargers, and all their like one loss games. Yeah. Kevin, the Bucs won seven and nine last year, okay? No, this is the most amazing thing I've ever said. Like, this is the one stat I love saying to people and getting their reaction. Kevin, the Bucs won seven and nine last year. In their nine losses, seven of them, okay, a touchdown. In those seven one-score losses, Kevin, James Winston threw 18 interceptions. I think Tom Brady... I think Tom Brady, and you're laughing because it's true, right? It's just, I think, okay, that Tom Brady is an sacrilegious. I think he's going to serve as an elite game manager, okay? Yeah. 
produce two-thirds of the damn turnovers, they're not a 7-9 team. Just on that, this offense is enough to become a playoff contender. So I, unlike most people, Kevin, and I acknowledge it, it was last time I checked, it was plus 200. I have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers giving Todd Bowles a new toy on defense, okay? I think they go defense. And the pick for me, I see another stud still on the board. And for me, I have the Bucs connected to Javon Kinlaw, the lineman out of South Carolina. Remember, they brought back EP. They bring back in by Shaq Barrett. I think Todd Bowles gets another toy here in Javon Kinlaw. And I am trusting TB12 and just being a more conservative and, and careful with the ball to be enough on offense, whether he's protected or not. I have it being Kinlaw to the Bucs at 14. Yeah, I think, you know, kind of based on what you're saying, I, I as well was high on the Brady to Tampa Bay move. I think, again, just him being able to come in. He threw 30 interceptions. Yeah, like, man. Cut it in half. 15 still a healthy number of picks, right? Like 18 in Jets. Yeah. Like, and it's not hard to figure out why. And then they, you know what I mean? Like that team obviously had the potential to maybe be a 10 and 6 football team. Like yeah. it's so. It's, I mean, think about the, the loss that they had to that to the Giants. Like, that had to be one of the more heartbreaking losses. And that, boom, right there, now you're 500, right? right. It's just it, – it's crazy. It's crazy it's stuff. Every like time the man was throwing. And, I mean, I, I, go ahead. Yeah. I, I'm just going to say, I think something that you kind of – you know, it's, sometimes you get so caught in the, the premier need. This team does need an offensive tackle. Sure. And sometimes – and I like what you did here because a lot of times, and I'll admit this, mock drafters will make certain selections earlier to make other selections easier for themselves later. Right. So and, now you're connecting Andrew Thomas to Tampa and making right. all these trades happen so that he's still on the board. I hear you. Ex- right. The thing that if a tackle's not there and they feel like Josh Jones, Austin Jackson right. is a leap at 14, oh, maybe then just adding a premier defensive talent is. Here's the other thing, okay? They also pick at number 45 overall, you know, near the top of the second round. Could Ezra Cleveland still be there? Could Isaiah Wilson still be there? You know, so we shall see. Again, you have to look at these things comprehensively, right? Yeah. The one pick is in a vacuum. But I acknowledge, again, this and the Chargers pick are two picks that I have that I do accept are a little bit off the beating path. So if you're with Damn team, the Denver Broncos. Listen, Drew Locke is entering his second year. Sutton is Murray Gordon. I think all of a sudden they are going offense because I have them at number 15 overall, drafting CD Lamb, the wide receiver out of Oklahoma. You now have Sutton and Lamb. On the outside, Deshaun in the slot, Noah Fant, the second-year tight end, all there for Drew Locke as he hands the ball to Melvin Gordon. This looks like a decent offense to me, putting all the toys around Drew Locke. I've seen Denver connected to the wide receiver position, and in my mock with C.D. Lamb still there, I think they run to the window or they text Roger Goodell, whatever the case may be. <laughs> yeah, whatever it is, I totally agree. I think if one of the big three wide receivers are there, that's the move they make, I think. One of the quietest storylines of last uh, FL season was probably the fact that Drew Locke was kind of awesome uh, yeah. for that team. In the like, yeah. so I, yeah, I, I think it's a I think it's a great move. I think it's a move that makes all the sense in the world. I guess if I had to offer pushback, it'd be we've we've seen them link to rugs more than CD Lamb. And Steve Rugs is a better wideout than Lamb. No, but <laughs> th- th- does that? <laughs> No, I, I don't, but I think that Ruggs is really good. Sure. And I think when I – I'll tell you the one thing that with Ruggs. When you, when you, you know, when you read up on these guys, he seems like the guy that will be the easiest to make a quarterback better because his skill set is so obvious that him coming in and just being a complete burner, it's, it's so easy to be like, oh, of course he's going to elevate the floor of our current quarterback. Yeah, I think that's true. The idea of being able to take the top off the defense um, is something that can definitely help not only the young quarterback, but everybody else in that offense space then that potentially can be created in the middle of the field. So I hear you. I have them taking the wide receiver. For me, it's Lamb. I'm not going to throw shade at you if you think Ruggs may be a choice. Elite category. Keeping it moving here, I got to tell you the truth here, um, Kevin. The idea of 
I'm looking at picks 16 and 17, almost combined. Okay, because I see Atlanta, I see Dallas. I think they're both going defense. I think they both have a need in the secondary. I also can go into the edge rush, okay? So I've done this mock uh, multiple times, these picks potentially. So I'm going to give them to you back to back together and get your overall thought on it. At number uh, 16 for Atlanta and number 17 for Dallas, I have Kayvon Chasen, the edge rusher out of LSU, and A.J. Terrell, the cornerback out of Clemson. Terrell is flying up draft boards right now, Kevin. Yeah. A lot of people are starting to say that he could be taken even at this level. Listen, Dallas lost a lot in the secondary. Byron Jones is gone. You know, um, Atlanta lost a ton as well. The reason I initially – I'll have Chason in Atlanta and Dallas with Terrell because – Dallas has tried a lot of um, low-risk options bringing in edge rushers in this offseason. Mm, Remember, they brought Alden Smith. They're going to get a decision on Randy Gregory. I think they signed one other guy whose name is escaping me right now. I feel like they're trying a lot of options here. Stick it up against – throw it against the wall and see if it sticks. So I have Chase on to Atlanta and Terrell to Dallas. I'll start with the Cowboys because for me, this is a very, very important on these young talents that are going to be able to come in and contribute at a very favorable price when you talk about the rookie contract because they're having to pay these guys. So whether right. they think it's A.J. Terrell, as you kind of put here, or swap it and it's Caleb on chase on, I think that, that makes sense. To me, the pick is obviously defense. The Falcons, yeah. to me, are becoming one of the most fascinating teams in this entire draft. Sitting at 16 – and reportedly being interested in getting into not just the top 10, but apparently the top five, you Uh, now have my full attention. Like, yeah, like you have my full attention if you're ready to give up a couple drafts worth to lock in Jeff Okuda to come in and replace Trufant, who obviously departed. And that's where this gets really interesting to me. I mean, I spent, you know, again, as we get closer to draft, I I spent every night just kind of, you know, thinking about this stuff, talking out with my brothers all the time. And, you know, it was kind of, okay, well, Let's just say the Lions, you know, we go all the way back now, right? And the Lions make a trade, and they are now picking fifth overall. And the Falcons are like, hey, we go up to four. Akuda's on the board. It's like, can the Giants afford to get back that four? What can they actually give up to get all the way up there? Is it maybe aggressiveness and the fact that everybody knows they want to be aggressive? Right. Really, really makes me interested. And I think it's also interesting here, right, with them going chase on in this uh, specific mock is for them then, if they end up having to stay put at 16, is it best player available right. or is it's the best on the board where it's either A.J. Terrell, Jeff, Jeff Gladney, Christian Colton, you know, so I think options there. Yeah. You're, you're right. So we'll see what they do. But it is intriguing, the idea that Atlanta – it's chirping, right? It seems to be known mm-hmm. that Atlanta is at least wanting to move up, whether it's Okuda or Henderson, to get their answer at cornerback. You mentioned they lost Marcus Trufant, who has been there for a while. The Falcons are minus 400 to go defense. The Cowboys are minus 300 to go defense. So, you know, whichever way it goes, depending on if it's best talent available or if they yeah. want to fill one of those specific roles on the defense. But I think you and I both agree in this day and age, Kevin, the premier defensive positions are pass rusher and cornerback. And I have one of them going to each of these two teams at number 16 and 17. We got time for another pick here, uh, Kevin. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's number 18, the Miami Dolphins. Remember, this is the second their three first round picks and for me they went out and got their franchise quarterback at number five overall for me it was Justin Herbert whether you have them doing Herbert or Tua whatever the case may be Flores the head coach down there in Miami has invested a lot in free agency already they have spent money Kevin and they've been spending it on the defensive side of the ball for the most part you got your franchise quarterback at pick number five me at pick 18, I think you protect the new franchise quarterback. So for me, the pick at number 18 is the board because we're getting the six and a half as the prop bet anyway. I have Miami at number 18 taking Austin Jackson, the lineman out of USC. I think, you know, I mean, they traded Tunzel last year. You know, you can never go wrong with getting a stud tackle in the first round. I think Miami goes Austin Jackson at pick 18. They've spent a lot on defense. I love their wide receivers that they already have. And I think they've gotten their quarterback in round one. Austin Jackson, mm-hmm. 
number 18. Yeah, and I think the thing with Austin Jackson is his rise has been quite significant, right? He went from a yes-no first-round uh, prop kind of guy to over-under 25-and-a-half. So, and this team, one of the other interesting reports that's come out around this team is it's uh, that they're considering Andrew Thomas at five. Right. And now, again, to each his own, rumors are rumors. But it does show, I think, more, more than anything is, you're spot on with them looking to get offensive the tackle need. at this spot. Yeah, team, the, yeah. the need is, is, is obviously there. We know they traded Laramie Tunzel, obviously, to the Texans last season. Also, too, for any type of team like the Dolphins, you always need more offensive line talent. Sure. So being able to get Austin Jackson in this scenario is a really interesting thing. One thing I want to just quickly mention, because I don't want to forget, because it's something that – it's just one of these things that jumped out to me. 18, 19, 20, three in a row. Are, each of these teams are selecting for the second time in this draft at that right. spot. And it's – I don't know what that means. Like, maybe it's just a coincidence. But it feels like it could open us up for more craziness, whether these teams are using these picks to move up higher earlier in the draft or they're now more willing to move back because, like, right. yeah, whatever, we can we've – already, we've already made a selection and added premier talent. Let's oh, add that. I can move it around a little bit. As you mentioned, Miami got this tra- uh, got this piece for the Minka Fitzpatrick deal. Um, yeah. at, up at number 19, the This is a Chicago pick from the years gone by and the Khalil Mack deal, yeah. but I do think that is interesting. You are correct. The last one I'll make here, and I'll give you, you know, the break to react to it. We're back at the Raiders, okay? And you mentioned this is their second pick in the first round. Now, we all, a lot of people are connecting them to wide receiver. Right. At, even at pick number 12, maybe they started the run at wide receiver with Jerry Judy. But in this mock, how beautiful it is. I had the Raiders trading up to get Alabama quarterback to attack Valoa. And then at 19, Alabama wide receiver Henry Ruggs is still on the board, Kevin. And so that's where I think they go. They get the wide receiver they want. They still were able to get one. one of them. They're able to pair them with another Crimson Tide. They could be. Sing the fight song together at training camp, Tua, with the connection to Henry Ruggs to get that speed receiver for the Raiders. Just win, baby. You know the Davis family loves speed. They already have Terrell Williams on one side. They have the slot guy in Renfro, tight ends that they like, a rookie running back. I think they get their wide receiver. Ruggs is somehow still on the board at 19, and they pair them Alabama to Alabama. I've got uh, Ruggs as number 19. You only got a couple of seconds here. Yeah. Quick reactions. Go ahead. I think I think this is a dream scenario for them to get one of the three best wide receivers okay. and be able to do it at this spot. I think is a perfect scenario. I guess the only thing I'd push you on is I'd like to see the Eagles trade up and jump them as an Eagles fan to get rug. It is kind of slip. All right, fair enough. Well, when we come back, we'll see what the Eagles do in my mock. It's Kevin Walsh and Dane Martinez. If you want the edge, stay right here. It's Sports Grid, the early line. Come on right back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the early line right here on SportsGrid. Dan Martinez, we got Kevin Walsh in for Joe Ranieri as we are going through my mock draft of the first round. Don't forget here, for the actual first round in the draft on Thursday night, you can keep it here on SportsGrid. We will be giving you hours of wall-to-wall coverage here as every team gets a little bit better after the draft. But, Kevin, we're here at number 20 of our mock. You made the point here, right? 18, 19, 20, a bunch of teams making their second pick in the round, and Jacksonville is no different. Remember, I had Jacksonville trading down from 9 to 12 earlier in the first round and getting their cornerback. A lot of people where I've seen have their needs not only in the secondary but also on the defensive line. Remember, Calais Campbell, gone. You know about the drama with Yannick Ngakwe going back and forth. It doesn't look like he's long for the Jacksonville Jaguars. So I want to get your thoughts on this pick for Jacksonville. And my little asterisk is I also think this is the bust of the first round. So I would like to get your thoughts on the player. For me, it's A.J. Vanessa, the defensive lineman out of Iowa. And I just, I've heard some things that maybe his skill set, he doesn't have that dynamic burst per se. 
okay. I wonder if the skill set translates. He would be on the other side with last year's first round pick, Josh Allen, who did have a good rookie year. I think they have to be front. AJ Epinesa is my pick at number 20. You know, edge class is super weird. And Chase Young, we know Chase Young is at the top, right? And Chase Young, people are excited about, but he doesn't have the production that typically people would look for in a a premier talent. You then go to Espinosa, and it's been a spot where I've seen him drafted as high as you have him here. I've seen him not in the first round. Same uh, with, you know, uh, Gross Matos, right, out of Penn State. Like, this edge class has been super weird to me. And I think Jacksonville, again, like, Going in this direction positionally makes sense. I just so strongly believe for this football that every single time they're on the clock, they need to go look at their big board, who's the best player, boom, take them every time. And if that is for them in this scenario, Espinanza, that's fine. Again, obviously you wouldn't see it that way, right? I as well don't know, you know, you think about the talent on the board, I would go that way. Honestly, they could double up on corner. And I think it'd be more than understandable considering the state of their current cornerback positions. I think that's the biggest thing for me when it comes to the Jaguars. Every single time they're on the clock, it's just got to be. Disagree with you at all. I also think if you saw Twitter earlier this week, Kevin, the idea of Tony and Gakwe literally going (laughs) back and forth at each other. And I I I don't buy the front office of the Jaguars. Okay, I just don't trust them is what it comes down to for me, Kevin. We saw last year with the players' union talking about the amount of incidents, right, or um, referrals that they had to the union. We talk about all the, like, Leonard Fournette now chirping. I just think this is a broken franchise, so I'm giving them a pick that I don't think ultimately. <laughs> and also another, you talk about the prop bets, Kevin. There's an interesting prop bet on players in the Big Ten. Number is five and a half. We just talked about Epinesa, and you also brought up Gross Matos. And to me, those are the two, right, that are the key for that prop bet. I know Werfs is going. I know Akuda's going. I damn well know Chase Young is going. These two, and like you say, the edge rush position is kind of the variable here. So if Epinesa and later on Gross Matos do go, that is the Mm -hmm. linchpin for that prop bet. And just bring that up. The next two picks, um, Kevin, are the Eagles at 21 and the Vikings at 22. Remember, the Vikings got this pick from Buffalo in the Stefan Diggs trade. Yeah. I think this is where two more wide receivers go off the board, Kevin. All right. Um, so the first one, I think Justin Jefferson. You know, when you talk about the wide receivers, there's like those top three, right? And then we say, oh, there's so many. It feels to me like Justin Jefferson is almost the second tier by himself, Kevin. Mm-hmm. You know, and as that kind of kind of fourth wide out off the board, 6-3, great ball skills. And I think this would be a nice little addition for Carson Wentz on the outside. Remember, they were a walking mash unit last year and still got to the playoffs and still looked impressive down under center. So uh, talk to me. What do you think? Justin Jefferson to the Eagles at 21. Yeah, I I mean, I think that there is – Floor, I guess, is like he's not going past Philly if he's here on the board. What really interests me is if the draft goes kind of opposite of your mock here, where the wide receiver run is earlier, is is Justin Jefferson even on the board when we get to 21? Because you mentioned it, right? It's the big three, Jefferson by himself, and then it's Mims, Ayu, KJ Hamler, like all these, you know, every other guy possible. So that's really going to be an interesting thing, I think, to see kind of this range of Justin Jefferson. And I for Philly if he's on the board, but I'm starting to wonder if he doesn't make it to Philly. That's interesting, and that's how you actually in places where Philly moves up to get Jefferson as the apple of their eye. You talked about some of the other wide receivers that are there. For me, Minnesota, remember, they have two picks at 22 and 25. I think they address the wide receiver need here and I have them you know you mentioned some of the names that go next in that like tier 1a shall we say for me yeah. it's Brandon Ayuk the wide receiver out of Arizona okay. State this is an explosive dynamic yards after the catch guy I've heard his name kind of zooming up draft boards and you had you lost digs right as the explosive kind of yard after the catch receiver I think they replace like for like here I think the pick is Brandon Ayuk and also you know he ain't going to compare, com- complain about a contract in the next few years like Stefan Diggs would be. What do you think about Ayuk here to Minnesota? Yeah, I think wide receiver makes sense, right, at 22 and 25, respectively. It's, you know, right. wide receiver corner seemingly where 
people kind of somewhat feel like it could fall for this team. I think the Vikings as a whole are a team that I'll end up being out on when it comes to next year, though. They just haven't made the – I just haven't seen them make the team better this offseason. Now, maybe they home runs throughout this draft process. And maybe Kirk Cousins keeps his form at a high level to where he was for most of last season. But I don't think it's a roster that's – I think at best, at best, it's gotten slightly worse. Really? Now, the truth of that, but I think the, I think losing digs for a guy like Kirk Cousins is going to be paramount. But here's where, if IU can come in and fill that need, right. then it, it mitigates what I'm saying. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the books of Minnesota as well, their yes-no to make the playoffs is literally minus 110 on both sides, right? So they kind of are uh, up in the air on Minnesota as well. Um, then – Kevin, we have the New England Patriots at number yeah, 23. And this is an interesting conversation, right? We've heard everything from, all oh, the Patriots are going to blow up the draft by trading to get a quarterback and all that stuff. Listen, will they trust Jared Stidham or not? I don't know. I'm going to tell you the truth, though. Everybody talks about how they lost Tom Brady, Kevin. Yeah. They also lost Kyle Van Noy. Uh, they also lost Jamie Collins. This was a defense. It's been that, what, in the first, like, five or six weeks of the season didn't allow an offensive touchdown, right? Yeah. It was supposed to be one of the best defenses of all time, and they lost a lot of pieces. I don't know if Bill Belichick is going to pull the trigger on the quarterback. There's a few linebackers out there. There's a few linemen still out there that I think could be the answer. When I think about could be the answer at linebacker, I'm talking about guys like Patrick Queen. I'm talking yeah. about like Kenneth Murray out of Oklahoma, that I think could be a very interesting piece here for the New England Patriots. I find it very, very interesting, and I really think that everyone's trying to figure out who the heir apparent to Tom Brady is, and I would not be surprised if, in fact, they go the other way and go defense. In fact, they are minus 110 on both sides of the offense-defense prop over at our friends on FanDuel. And all that said... If Jordan Love is on the board, I have him drafting Jordan Love at number 23. Finally, do get the first-round quarterback. There's been a lot of comparisons for Jordan Love, and Bill Belichick thinks he can make a winner out of anybody. He's done it with Jimmy Garoppolo. He's done it with Jacoby Brissett. He did it with six-round pick Tom Brady. I think he tries to um, quicken the rebuild, shall we say. Mm. I connect to Jordan Love, though I do linebackers that are still out there could also be the pick. What say you? Let me first say, is this the pick you would make? No. Okay, because no. I hate this pick. The, it's not. If I were them, I would take one of the linebackers. I would take either Queen or Murray there. Yeah, I, I hate the idea of them having Stidham love competition right. just to get us to a point where they go, oh, they both suck and we only saw them right. for eight games. Now, look, no too pessimistic on both these guys. Yeah, but you, you're not going to find out with having both of them on the roster. Either we just skid them thing for 16 games, right. right? Or go out there and get one of the veterans, says your Cam Newtons or hell, even Andy Dalton. Like, to me, just the idea of spending this pick, because you mentioned it, there's more, there, there are other positions of need for this football team throughout this draft. And I just think spending 23 here on Jordan Love I'm not all too interested in it. As much as I said I could see them trading up for Tua if Tua was there, I think that's a whole different ballgame. You're talking about them being able to capitalize on, on a premier quarterback talent falling to them. Like, I think that's a different ballgame. I, I don't like the idea of them taking Jordan Love at 23. I'm not in on it. Yeah, I hear you. And listen, you know, um, I said that's why I gave the whole preface of the pick. Yes. Or yes I really 100%. do believe the linebacker level is a need that people are not necessarily paying attention to. But, you know, I got to get close to my prop bet. I'm four and a half quarterback. <laughs> anyway. You talked about it. Sometimes you make the prop bet go the right way, right? So I have uh, Bill Belichick falling in love at pick number 23. As we move on, um, to keep it going here on the early line, keep it on the grid here for all sorts of great programming, including live on draft night. We got to cover Thursday night and Friday night. I'll be there. I'm sure Kevin Walsh will be there as well, a cast of characters, as we bring you all the coverage for the NFL draft. For me, at number 24, Kevin, I think this is interesting. For me, at number 24, and then again at number 28 for Baltimore, these are teams that are true Super Bowl contenders, Kevin. Yeah. yeah. These are teams that don't need on the offensive side of the ball, in my opinion, okay? These are like two of the 
I don't know, three best offenses in all of football, in my opinion. I believe these are where the linebackers go, Kevin, okay? When I think about a true contender, I also think that they have the luxury of picking a player for a narrow okay? And I think New Orleans here at number 24 can add a player that will give them a ton more speed on defense. And when you're at the level that the New Orleans Saints are, you don't need anything on offense. You even just brought in Emmanuel Sanders. You're good there. Mm-hmm. I think the pick here, they stay in the state. I think it's Patrick Queen out of LSU, Kevin. I think this is speed that they focus. They go and tell Patrick Queen, yeah, 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 uh, you go cover George Kittle. Yeah, 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 you go cover Zach Ertz. I think that's mm-hmm. exactly the need that they have. That is the kind of on top of this defense. And I think it's Patrick Queen staying in the state of Louisiana, just going from LSU to the New Orleans Saints. What do you think? I think it's an A-plus pick. I think it's an A-plus pick, and it's probably their biggest need. I think he's probably – you know, it's the linebacker position, I guess. It's not as – we talked about it, right? Edge rushers' corners are valued more, of course, to the offensive side of the ball. But from a pure talent perspective, might be one of the 20 best, like, players in this whole class. He's a really, really good football player. And he walks into New Orleans, and this is the thing, for them at this spot to yep. get a legitimate contributor to a Super Bowl roster, it's an A-plus-plus. Yep. It's it's incredible. It'd be an incredible spot. Yeah, I agree with you. That's why I made that as the mock pick. <laughs> I literally think this is the guy that is on Kittle. This is the guy that is on Hurts. You know, like in the NFC Championship game or whatever the case may be. You know, so um, I like that as well. We connect the dots. The next number twenty-five. Um, remember, I have them having already addressed the wide receiver need a few picks earlier. You alluded to it when they were on the clock for me previously at number 22, you mentioned cornerback. And I see that as the year that I go slightly differently though, Kevin, I think there is a true stud in the secondary still on the board that I think Mike Zimmer would love as a new little chess piece, as a new shiny little toy. Yes, they lost Xavier Rhodes in the off season. What they did though, they franchise tagged Harrison Smith. And that is like the one year early as opposed to the one year too late. I have them getting a safety, Kevin. I have them taking who I think is the best safety on the board, Xavier McKinney, out of Alabama. Now, could it be Diggs? Could it be um, uh, another cornerback? Possibly. I have them going, though, McKinney. I think he's the best safety in this draft, and I like what uh, he could do paired with Harrison Smith on the back end there for the Vikings. Yeah, no, I, I think it's understandable, right? I think going somewhere in the secondary, right, even if it doesn't have to be corner, is more than understandable for this football team. And I think what's really interesting about this class is there's a lot of people that are really high in Xavier McKinney, and it's it's totally fair to see why. But I'm also wondering if Grant Delpit is a situation of where people were expecting him to have a generational talent season because the he was a guy who was like top five in mocks, right? Oh, no. And – now everyone's like, oh, he can't tackle. He's the worst. He doesn't belong in the first round. And it's like, it makes me wonder if we'll look back on it. And it's like, yeah, that was silly that Grant Delpit wasn't. And I'm not going to say the first safety because I think McKinney's very good, but more so like, oh, like Grant Delpit is a guy that should have gone earlier than where he ends up going kind of in terms of draft night. And that's one of the things that uh, would interest me to, to some degree, I think, even where Minnesota could be a team that's in that range. Yeah, um, you know what? You're going to love the story I spin around Grand Delpit um, at some point. I'll, I'll tease it. I do have his <laughs> in the first round. You know, also, here in the early line, I don't know if you know this, Kevin, uh, Joe and I have a few times interviewed um, former fullback Lorenzo Neal. Uh, and Grand Delpit is his nephew. Um, oh, so that's wow. interesting. So good genes. Lorenzo Neal told us that himself. So a big shout out uh, to our friend of the show here, Lorenzo Neal. I'll get one more in at number 26, yeah. Kevin. Remember, this is the third of the Miami Dolphins picks. I also think the first and only goes off the board in the first round. I told you, Flores spent a ton on defense already okay you get the franchise quarterback at five you protect the franchise quarterback at 18 they shipped off Kenyon Drake they were dealing with guys like Patrick Laird and others 
you know, thinking that they could carry the mail for the Dolphins. I think they go and get DeAndre Swift out of Georgia, the best three-down running back in this class, the top running back of the class, and the only running back that goes in the first round for me. So think about this. At 5, 18, and 26, they get the quarterback, they get the tackle, and they get the running back, Kevin. I think the interesting thing with this running back class is there's people out there now, a lot, a lot of conversation. Will any running backs go in round right. one here? The profit is zero and a half, right. Yep. And the question for the Dolphins is, if we take Swift here, great, awesome. However, if we don't, what are the odds he's still there when we, when we make our next selection? Because who else is going to kind of spot? I just think that's one of the really interesting things with this running back class. All in all, though, I think, you're getting, I think you're getting a really, really nice player that can contribute with your third pick in the first round. Yeah, absolutely. It is the calculated risk. Do I take him at 26 or do I roll the dice and see him still there at number 39? I have them pulling the trigger. The back end of the first round when we come back, it is the early line here on SportsGrid. Get on the grid after all. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the early line. Joe is out today, but I got my main man, Kevin Walsh, in, and we are covering the first round of kind of like a mock draft and then reacting to it. And we are at pick number 27 for the Seattle Seahawks. The one thing I'll say before I tell you who my pick is here, Kevin, you just alluded to Miami at, in my mock in 26 taking a running back. And you said, what other teams may take a running back at this level? I think Seattle could be one of those teams. I was thinking about Seattle as a team kind of in the free agent market with guys like Melvin Gordon and others because, you know, Carson got banged up. Their whole running back position got banged up last year, and they could be the cherry kind of offense. But ultimately, I think Seattle can address that need later on in the draft. I have them taking a name you have mentioned before in Yatser Gross Matos, the mm-hmm. edge rusher out of talked about the edge rusher and you know we've we've also talked about like sending a signal to players with their draft and I think this pick would send a signal to Davion Clowney that now nah, we are moving on uh-huh. okay they went and brought Bruce Irving back they have addressed it in some other lower price edge rushers and I think adding Gross, uh, Gross Matos to the fold continues to do that I have Gross Matos going 27 out of Penn State to the Seattle Seahawks yeah I think this pick makes a lot of sense I think the one thing is it's if they make this pick, they trade back always. That's true. Always. That's just what they do, and they'll probably do it again. Because again, it's it's like that. If we end up getting a prop, I haven't seen it available yet, but uh, day one trades, mm-hmm. like I'm starting at one because the Seahawks, to me, I just feel like are always going to be a team that trades back. Specifically, when you talk about the Jadavion Clowney stuff, it's really interesting because the quarterback stuff with Jameis and Cam, I somewhat get. There's just not a, right, like. Yeah, they're both better than Gardner Minshew. But if the Jaguars want another 16 games out of Gardner Minshew to figure out if he's good or not, then, yeah, they don't have the value for him. Everybody could use more defensive line talent, like Jadavion yeah. Clowney. It's a matter of the contract. I understand that. But, like, there comes a point where you have to make the decision. I'd like to believe that pretty much what they're uh, – and when I say they're, I mean the Clowney group. Right, right, right is probably saying, we'll wait till the draft comes by. But it is. And right. hopefully one of these teams ends up desperate for, for yeah. uh, edge talent. I think that's exactly what it is, Kevin. You know, I think the draft is another kind of pillar of this calendar that changes the market, right? Mm-hmm. So Davion Clowney, all of a sudden, you know, there's probably teams out there that may be willing to pay him 17 but are going to first see if they can get the Cheap. They strike out there and there's still an open chair, then these phones are going to ring, whether it's Davion Clowney, Everson Griffin, or Jameis Winston, you know? So I think that the, 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 mark, the free agent market is a little going quiet because of the draft and the opportunity to fill needs in that way. At number 28, Kevin, we've got the Baltimore Ravens. I discussed this a little bit with the Saints. They don't need anything on offense. I think they need to recoup some 
phenomenal defense over the last few years. Okay, Zadarius Smith signs with Green Bay. C.J. Mosley signs with the Jets. Terrell Suggs is sacking quarterbacks for the Arizona Cardinals. They lose Weddle as well. I think Kenneth Murray, the linebacker out of Oklahoma, is the picks here. I think he's the best playmaker still left on the board, a dynamic end-to-end -end linebacker, and I think he's the pick for the Ravens, who don't need to do jack on offense. Um, I think the Ravens pick at number 28 is Kenneth Murray, the linebacker out of Oklahoma. Yeah, I think it's pretty hilarious that the Saints and the Ravens right. have maybe one glaring need. It's the linebacker spot. Patrick Queen and Kenneth Murray are probably, again, two of the 20 most talented players in this draft. They just get to sit there and watch this premier yeah. talent come to them. Other teams are making crazy mistakes. It's just huh. about how the board's falling, and I think it's a spot here where really easy to understand why the Ravens sit about almost on the same line as the defending Super Bowl champions. Yep, absolutely. And remember what I said with the Saints and Queen, go cover George Kittle. Yeah, for uh, uh, for Murray here in Baltimore, yeah, go cover Travis Kelsey. We'll be okay. If you can get that done, we'll will be a successful pick. Mm -hmm. At number 29, the Tennessee Titans. This one I think is interesting. Yeah. They lost Jack Conklin in the offseason, okay, that stud right tackle. And this team is now predicated on opening up holes for Derrick Henry. I think they go offensive line here. The pick for me is Josh Jones, the lineman out of Houston. I think they, they has an identity, right? Mm -hmm. And it's the ball with Henry and then leveraging Tannehill over the top to guys like A.J. Abram, Corey Davis, yeah. and others in the play-action game. For me, it's Josh Jones, the pick. The one other thing I will say, when you franchise a running back, you got to start thinking about running back. And I would not yeah. be surprised if the Titans, not here, but in pick number 61 in the second round or 93 in the third round, if they get the heir apparent or another running back to add to that mm -hmm. room. But for me, the pick is Josh Jones out of Houston for the Titans. Yeah, I think he makes a lot of sense. I think the Titans are one of the weirdest football teams I feel like I can remember because pretty much their entire rise was how awesome Ryan Tannehill was. Right. And then they went to the playoffs, and it was all about Derrick Henry, and Ryan Tannehill did so little. And it was just such a weird thing because there's a lot of people who would tell you, oh, Derrick Henry's the whole offense. And it's like they don't make the playoffs if they played the way they played in the two postseason games. But those two postseason games still exist. I think bringing in a talent like Josh Jones makes sense. I think they're also – I feel like they could be a sleeper wide receiver team. It wouldn't surprise me if they see uh, Denzel Mims potentially fall to them and, and kind of make that selection. I, I just – them adding some more talent on that side of the ball wouldn't shock me because I do feel like v Vrabel trusts the – control that he has on the other side of the football. Interesting. Oh, that's an interesting idea to me. Remember, it was only a couple of years ago when they spent a top 10 pick on Corey Davis, Kevin. You know what I mean? And so is Davis and A.J. Brown, the stud rookie of last year, enough for them to go at it? I agree with you. What Tannehill did, though, was he allowed the play-action threat to be there. Okay, and that is part of why things opened up for Derrick Henry at the very end of the season. Remember, Tannehill started going on that run and, and then all of a sudden, defenses had to adjust. Unlike Mariota, who was there before, Tannehill could stretch it. Um, you know, I think that helped the Derrick Henry kind of, uh, you know, blow up games at the end of the year and during the playoffs. The next pick here, Kevin, is the Green Bay Packers at number 30. This is interesting to me, okay? Green Bay is a team who invested a lot on the defensive side of the ball last yeah. year, both in the draft and in free agency. They've let Geronimo Allison go in free agency. In my opinion, you still have a elite. You have one of the best wide receivers in the game in Devontae Adams on one side. You need to get him another weapon. I go wide receiver, and we've talked that there's a lot of options at wide receiver in this level, but I mm -hmm. think that would be finally the piece. They've been trying guys like Allison, Marquez, Valdez, Scantling, Lazard. None of them are that dude. In my opinion, they picked the guy to be the number two wide receiver opposite Adams. There's a lot of ways you can go for me. At number 30, the Green Bay Packers select Clemson wide receiver T. Higgins. I think um, he's polished and ready, can fight for the ball, and would be a good addition there on the other side opposite Adams. That's the pick I have making with the Packers at number 30. Yeah, I think anything other than wide receiver would probably ir be irresponsible for this football team. Sure. I mean, again, like... I, Alan Lazard, sure, he had some nice moments, but like relying and on that, that is so wild. It's so still his prime for what? I don't know, two more years, call it, Kevin, right? Yeah. So I mean, 
have this. You've got to strike when the iron is hot. Yes, absolutely. So Let me ask you, though, with, with guys like Jalen Rager, guys like T. Higgins, you mentioned mm -hmm. Nip. I hear Chenault. I hear Hamler. I hear Pittman. Um, so many of them. Are there any of these guys? Um, I have Ayuk already off the board. In, yeah. in the, at this level, you know, after, say, Jefferson, do you think any of them truly stand out among the rest? Or are we talking about a group of six, seven, eight wide receivers that all can have legitimate NFL careers? I think that somewhat both of, of what you kind of put there could be true. I think all of these guys have, the, have a legitimate chance to be consistent contributors to them. I think when you talk about uh, guys, though, that maybe separate from this pack, the one name that I've somewhat seen now starting to creep up in the guys' top fives, Pittman Jr. at USC. Yeah. Yeah. And... One of the things that I know it's silly because it's like that doesn't matter, but maybe it does matter is like he really started to um, come on at USC and we've seen USC put a lot of premier wide receiver talent in the league. And just because you went there doesn't mean you're going to have a good career, but I don't know. Sometimes it feels like that's how that stuff might work out. So I think right. Michael Pittman Jr. is a guy. Kind of similar though, right? Yeah. Think wide receivers that have come out of Clemson in the last, few years you think about all the cornerbacks that have come out of ohio state yeah. right they call it like linebacker you used to be penn state right yep. so i think that's viable yeah and i i but i even kj hamler's a name that i've started to find myself really really fascinated by um so it, again like there's a lot of guys here and it's also about the fit right like the thing is like chanel right is a guy who maybe of the 10 guys you've named is like yeah i might be the lowest on him but if he gets drafted by the Niners, all of a sudden, I think he's the best wide receiver in football. Right. Because it's like he's got Kyle Shanahan, and we saw what he did with Debo Samuel. Like, I, so I think that's the, the thing here is just the fit, the teams, and, and these teams understanding kind of what these guys can bring to the table. Yeah, now for the Packers to try to actually yes. address that need on the other side, on the outside, and give Aaron Rodgers another weapon to throw to. At pick 31, Kevin, I have, to be honest, I have the San Francisco 49ers trading out of this pick, Kevin. Yeah. Uh, oh. They have no second-round pick. They have no third-round pick. They have no fourth-round pick. I think this is also, as we know, the time where a team may trade back into the first round. Yep. So they don't have to wait 24 hours and see if their guy gets, you know, snatched away from them, right? So whether that's for a quarterback, I already have four off the board. If a team loves Jalen Hurts, if a team loves Jake Fromm, if a team loves Jacob Eason, this could be the place. Or if not that, you know, whoever a team still has as a true stud still yep. left on the board that they have graded, I ultimately think San Francisco trades out of this pick. If you're going to do the quarterback route, remember, Kevin, in my mock, the Chargers have not drafted a quarterback. <laughs> they have an early second-round pick yep. they could move up. The Colts have an early second-round pick they could move up. The Bucks have an early second-round pick to maybe get someone to learn under Tom Brady. So I think this could be a place where San Francisco trades down. I think that makes a lot of sense. I think even at 13, they could be willing to trade down, right? Like bringing in – no, 100%. Like, <laughs> but it's also this thing where it's Kyle Shanahan goes, yeah, look, Jerry Judy's great, but I get a couple more picks and I'll take KJ Hamler and how, how much this all works. So yeah. that's one of those things there where I totally agree with you. I think they are absolutely a trade back team. At both. I can't stress what you said there enough is this is this spot, these last four picks or so in the first round, because if you give it a day for teams to sleep on it, guy that fell that you're like he might be there for me at 36 is right. not there at 36 but you catch these teams sleeping the, the Redskins put the phone down all right we'll catch you guys day two and now all of a sudden the team like you know the, the Jaguars come right. up make yep. a move and boom all of a sudden now you've gotten you know a couple of guys that you didn't think you'd be able to land yeah I think this is a prime spot uh because San Francisco you know, they're a quality roster. They don't have that need per se. They don't have picks in rounds two through four, I think. And what you just described about, like, the waiting game and someone getting scooped, I think pick number 31 will get moved on draft night. So let's wrap it up. I got a story to tell you here, um, Kevin. Um, a long time ago, the Honey Badger, right? An yeah. amazing talent. And was kind of floundering a little bit in the NFL. And then Arizona was like, no, 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 we'll bring him in. And specifically. Patrick Peterson, another LSU secondary mate, was like, no, no, no. If we get Teron Matthew, I'll take him under my wing. 
I'll keep him on the straight and narrow. I'll polish his game up, and he will be a stud. And it worked. Do you remember that, Kevin? Matthew goes on over to Arizona and does the same exact thing here, Kevin. And now I think you know where I'm going. Yep. I think Tyron Matthew is like, you know what? There is an Uber my school that I think we can use. And Andy Reid, Steve Spagnolo, I know we need help in the secondary. I've got a guy that can help. And just trust me. Let me take care of this kid. Let me tutor this kid. Let me take him under my wing. And you've said the name before, Kevin, so I know you know where I'm going. Grant Delpit is I, who I have, number 32. Can you imagine, Kevin? Delpit and the Honey Badger back mm -hmm. there and to address, you know, we all know Kansas City is fine on offense. Defensive freak athlete studs. And that's what I think Grant Delpit is proved to be, especially under the mentorship of fellow LSU Tiger, Tyron Matthew. I have Delpit number 32 to the Chiefs. Yeah, it's one of those. It happens every year. And it's usually the Patriots, but it'll be the Chiefs this year probably where a guy will go 32, and the consensus will be, oh, wow, that's the best pick of the draft. Like, <laughs> it happens every year. And Grant Delpit being there at 32, and what will happen is a year removed from the pick will go, hey, remember when a guy that everybody thought was one of the 10 best talents before the yep. college football season, we all overthought and let the Kansas City Chiefs take? Yep. And that's, I think, exactly what could happen here. The question is, did you see the most recent Chiefs rumor by Talk That's good, because I cannot wait for you to hear this. They apparently are ready and willing, if there is even a slight fall, to come up and trade for oh. Henry Ruggs. Yeah, I did hear this. Right. So the Legion of Zoom on crack. Jesus! Hill, Sammy Watkins, and now adding Ruggs. Right. It's literally like, hey, free safety, which way you want to go? You want to go left? Fine, I'll go right. You want to go yeah. right? Fine, I'll go left. You want to just move back and get more depth? Fine, I'll hit Travis Kelsey over the middle. I yeah. understand that. I just don't think I don't think they need to, quite frankly. And that's yeah. what it comes down to. I, but I, we will see, Kevin. Yeah. We'll actually see. Those are all 32 picks in the books. We'll see what needs our team fills. And then we'll be able to talk about it. We'll use this as a base, some of the other reactions that you've had. And we'll look at the prop bet market. We'll see if there's any money to be made off of this mock draft or others. There have also been a ton of rumors on current NFL players, whether it's OJ yeah. or Net, whether it's Odell Beckham or Yannick Ngakwe and others. We'll have Kevin's BS meter up and popping tomorrow on the early line. But that does it for today. I mean, Kevin, we got through picks one through 32. Yeah. That was we crazy, was I? No, I mean, we, look, we flew by, and I thought, I thought the mock all in all was really good because one of the things I liked about the mock is it wasn't pure chalk from what you see everywhere else. Yeah. Nobody's ever been that accurate. And, but it wasn't stuff that, in my opinion, I don't think be like, look at this different thing. I, I enjoy it. like for me in March Madness. You got to pick a 13 seed somewhere, right? <laughs> you got to pick a – you got to zig when people zag somewhere. Will it all be right? Probably not, but it was fun to talk about, and we'll do more of it tomorrow here on The Early Line. For Kevin Walsh, I'm Dane Martinez. If you want the edge, then come on back tomorrow. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.